Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 72, coming at you from the Meaner True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host and producer Eric Fisher in studio here. And joining me via Zoom, Justin Dahl. Justin, how are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. It's great to be with you guys. I'm I'm happy to uh to be back in the Zoom room, Eric. Uh Coming off of a great draft weekend. I know we're going to touch a lot on it here coming up soon. A little bit of a different feel for our show tonight, Eric. I'm pretty pumped up for it. Yeah, we're going to try some things out here. And Rowdy Telez, as we're talking here, you know, a little bit of live sports action. Rowdy Telez, Grand Slam for the Milwaukee Brewers. So that's pretty cool. What What a perfect, what a perfect way to start our show on a Grand Slam. As we're about to try some new... A little bit of new layout, a little new segment coming out here in a few moments. So with that, let's get right into it. One thing we're keeping the same is our partnerships. And we've got our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight and Raise Energy. Monkey Knife Fight, if you're not playing along with the contest, I, don't, I really don't know what you're doing at this point. You know, it's money in your pocket. And there's contests every single day. NBA playoffs, uh, NHL playoffs, NASCAR every weekend, baseball every night. What are you doing? Free a lot of money to be made. A lot of money to be made. made. Also, our friends over at Raise Energy, go to repsports.com, code root for R-O-O-T, number four, for 15% off any order. Brand new flavor coming, lemon Italian ice, Justin. Lemon Italian. I don't know. I don't know about that one, Eric. Sometimes Raise comes out with these things and they, and they've got these weird names that kind of make me a few sketchy, a little bit sketchy. But but when you taste them, Eric, when, when it how, how's the saying go? When it touches your lips, when it touches your lips, Eric, it's so good. Right. Absolutely. It's so good. You got to get out there and get some lemon Italiano. Italian. <laughs> what is it? It is the I believe it's Italian lemon ice or I'm going to get it right exactly here. So I'm going to make sure that we have it exactly right. The brand new flavor <laughs> that just came out. It is lemon Italian ice. I like it. I don't know if I like the name, but I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And code root four to get 15% off that first in any order with repsports.com code root four R O O T number four. With that, we get into the sports part of the episode. And we're going to talk about, you know, this is, again, a very time-honored tradition, talking about what we are rooting for. This is sponsored by Fanatics, over 300-plus powered stores, including your Milwaukee Brewers. And show off your big league style with hashtag big league style for all your Milwaukee Brewers apparel. Or if you're like Ramsey, maybe you're a Padres fan or, or God forbid, you're a Reds fan as they are 3-20, and 20, Justin. But still, show your love for your team. Horrible. They are. But show your love for your team. Hashtag big league style. And that's fanatics. And Justin, why don't you lead us off? What have you rooted for in the last week? Well, I'm just going to, I'm going to be very vague. There are a lot. And what we thought was a, a bad draft, like outright, like there's no superstars in the draft. You thought, I, you thought. I, I, yeah, draft. maybe, maybe me. You, you could single me out on that. Uh, maybe I thought I thought a lot of teams made a lot of good draft decisions over the weekend. So in in a whole, uh, you know, 
one team I thought maybe just kind of everything they did was a reach. Uh, everything they did was, you know, but it was very much like them. I, I thought the, the Patriots didn't do great, but I thought the other, every, almost every other team besides maybe Minnesota for trading two times with their divisional rivals, every other team did a great job, great job over draft weekend and got better. And that's, that's pretty incredible. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is something to be had. You know, you don't usually see something like that uh, where, you know, you can only really point to one or two teams that had a rough weekend, but really here we are. I mean, you, you really have something pretty incredible that happened over the weekend. A lot of men um, between those that got drafted, those that didn't are, you know, as undrafted free agents are now in the NFL realizing yeah. lifetime lifetime dreams. So that's pretty cool too. Two small ads, Eric. I got two small ads. All right. One ad, one ad. We're just going to double down and this might come up in the Badger report, but 10 Badgers, 10 Badgers are now in the NFL out of that draft class or out of that, uh, that recruiting class that they had uh, a couple of years ago. 10 guys either got drafted or signed undrafted free agent contracts. So that that's pretty impressive. Um, considering when you're talking about a Wisconsin budget compared to a Texas budget and Texas got zero guys. Wow. Zero, a big zero, big fat zero. Okay. Um, and my set and my third one, Eric, you're going to love this. Mark Emmerich, the NCAA dude said that, eh, I'm finally done. I'm resigning. I'm, I'm retiring from this. So it looks like the NCAA has got a bright future without For this. Clown. For yeah. once, finally back on track. So those were the only ones I got, but I had to quick get that Emirate one in there because that guy's a fuck. That guy's a douche. I wholeheartedly agree. You're not going to hear me argue on that. <laughs> um, my, you touched on a lot of the things I was going to use in my route for here. Uh, I'm going to get a quick couple shout outs here. You know, we talk about, you know, Wisconsin culture and, and Wisconsin, you know, we talk a lot about Wisconsin sports, but. Uh, we are in the heart of turkey hunting season, Justin. And quick oh. shout-outs to both my cousin Josh, my brother Mark. Both have gotten turkeys since the last time we both talked. I will be out in the woods this weekend doing my thing, uh, hoping to knock down a turkey for my second straight year. Uh, so heart of turkey hunting season, love that. So that is what I had rooted for in the last week. With that, the positives do come the negatives. And this is time for our Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And Justin, you want to lead off this one too? Yeah. My, mine, is, mine is pretty clear. Mine's the NBA. Mine's the NBA voters. How in the hell did they vote Tyler Hero as the sixth man of the year? How the hell does that happen? He, he is the worst. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Even if statistically he had a great year, you don't vote for that guy. You don't no. vote for that guy. Absolutely He's an not. asshole. Absolutely. You don't vote for assholes on this show. And he doesn't get our sixth man of the year. You're an asshole, Tyler Hero. But congratulations. I'm not even going to say congratulations. I'm just going to stop it. You're an asshole. <laughs> That's where I stopped. That, that was my nugget. That, I thought I had another one built up, but I forgot all about it. So, you know, 
I don't really think I have a true one this week, but I'm going to kind of double down on the NBA for a little bit of a different reason. I did this a couple of weeks back uh, when it was me and Mason, and I'm going to double down on it again because it's just ridiculous. The NBA playoff schedule for TV is a oh, joke. It's so the, bad. The fact, and we talked about it at that time with Mason two weeks ago, but the fact that the Brewer or the Buck, excuse me, have game two on a Tuesday night and don't play again till Saturday is ridiculous. I, I get you want to have a little bit of travel time and like a recovery day. Fine. That still should put you at maybe Thursday or Friday right. playing game three, not Saturday. And I know it's, you know, at that point, it's one or two days different, but it's just ridiculous. You have all season where you're playing back-to-back nights, home-and-home games with different teams. You're playing in different coasts sometimes on back-to-back nights, but you're playing in the playoffs and you can't play in even, like, every other day? Right. I I don't get it. Totally agree. Totally agree. So that would really Uh, be I I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you find a rhythm? Like, as, as, like, high schoolers, High school teams, they travel by bus every everywhere they go. Sometimes they're playing three games a week. Yeah. And they gotta and they gotta have one day off. It's just you're right. It's ridiculous. These guys should be playing. I mean, you think about it, they play Tuesday night. They're gonna play one game probably in six days. Six days, one game. Absolutely. It's horrible. Absolutely. So that is our Noogie of the Week. So that leads us to our first new segment here, Justin. And I hope Ooh, you're ready for this. Hang on. Let me, let me get this all drawn up here, Eric. I got I to gotta get these guys on my, on, my, on, my, on, my, on my phone so I can see who we got. I'm excited. Don't, don't let me spoil it. So you go right ahead. So this is where we're actually going to uh, – you're, you're going a little ahead of where we're going to go here. But Uh-oh. this – this part of the episode is a brand new segment that we have not done before, but I think it's something that very important that we do indeed do. Um, and that is kind of focus on our awesome state of Wisconsin, but also the state can get a little weird sometimes, Justin. Yeah, it can. And you know, we're no Florida where, you know, we don't have Florida man going around everywhere, but a little fun. Florida segment man. here. Yeah. You've ever heard of Florida, you know, anytime you read like a really Messed up news. I've story. heard of, I've heard of Marlin man, but I haven't heard of Florida man. Well, anytime you look at it like a really messed up news story, Justin, it always happens to be Florida man, Florida woman does this. Oh. Okay. So we're not quite to that point, but we're gonna kind of have our own uh our own little version of that. It's gonna be the WWW segment of the week, and that is what in the weird Wisconsin? And this is where we talk about, you know, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about our great state. And maybe it can be a fun factoid. Maybe it can be a non-sporting event story here. But just something kind of unique here to talk about our state of Wisconsin. And Justin, if we talked about one of the mainstays of the state of Wisconsin, I think there's probably a few things we could point out. But we're going to start with Wisconsin's favorite gas station, that being Quick Trip. Quick trip. And Justin, I'm going to ask, are, are you a quick trip rewards member? 
Yeah, I yeah, a, a rewards member. I, maybe at one point I was. I don't. I don't necessarily remember if I am, but but I go there often. I probably should be. You probably should be if you're not. I go there quite frequently myself. You know, go in there, scan your little card. Every 15 visits, you can get some, you know, a nice little goodie, whether it be a little snack. You can get, you know, five cents off per gallon of gas for every 15 visits. And then there's different coupon savings you can get. You know, this isn't an ad for Quick Trip. However, if you are part of the rewards program, you can track, you track your visits. You track, you know, what stores you went to. You track, you know, how many times you had gone to the store, what have you. In 2021, there was a woman from Onalaska, Wisconsin, who over the course of 2021 visited 476 different quick trips. Wow. And it wasn't just you know, her. 476? And uh, apparently it wasn't just the local one. The, this girl went across the state. Her name Cassandra Berger. She said on the TV station, a lacrosse area-based TV station, I'm Cassandra Berger, KT girl. She has visited everywhere from Superior to Green Bay and around the state. 400, or I take that back, that I had got the number wrong. 457 quick trips in 2021. Wow. That's a lot of goddamn quick trips, Eric. That is. And it, you know, milk, you can get your groceries there, gas there. The glazers are amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. It's a quick trip. Yeah, no free ads, but here's a free ad for Quick Trip. Not that you need it. You know, it's it sells itself. But I mean, we are looking, but yeah, we are. We aren't. We aren't opposed to advertising. But you know, we kind of want you to pay us to do it first. We're not yeah. going to do this free every week, but this week we we feel like we can. So that is our WWW segment where we just talk about a little bit of something odd in the state of Wisconsin. You imagine going to 457 different of the same gas stations or like the well, same I, brand of gas station. You know me, I'm I'm addicted to Rockstar. So, but well, maybe I shouldn't say that with our sponsorships, but I would be a lot of those that I would get there. I'll tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot, man. How much did she pay for? Did I wonder if Quick Trip kicked back some money for her for gas to visit all these things? Like 457. That's like. She had to hit what two a day some days. You had it's to like at least in, have a few different days where you hit two. It's like one and a half a day on average, right? Something like that. The exact math that comes out to one and a quarter. So one or you have to go to two every what is it? One every day, and then a second one every fifth day. I think it comes out to every fourth day. Oh my god. That's a lot of math. Yes. <laughs> It's a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I can, I can think of just personally speaking on a, on a, any given day, I could go to one of maybe like three. I can't think of, you know, another 454 of them. Well, I guess when you think about how many do you think green Bay alone has? Oh, in green Bay alone. Are we, are we, I mean, I'm assuming we're counting like green Bay surrounding metropolis, whatever the hearing to peer one, two, three off the top of my head and just appear alone. Uh, green Bay. They've got the, the two on the two on Oneida, one on Lombardi, one on East Mason. So you're at six. 
Uh, Finger Road. Seven. Uh, the one by Fleet Farm. Eight. There's one in Swamico. Nine. That's just Green Bay. That's not counting the, the De Pere ones. That's yeah. three in Green so, or three in De Pere. Yeah, That's 12. So now you, that's what you're down. You're down to 400. You said 12. That's 12. I, and I, I forgot. There's one on, uh, on Webster too. But 13. Ooh. So now you're already down to 444. You could do that all easily in one day. Yeah. You could easily hit those 13. No doubt about it. it you can hit those 13 within an hour and a half. Thereabouts. That's a lot of glazers, though. Hey, all it says is visit, right? You just yeah, buy that, one, that, one. You have to buy something to count the visit. So you buy like, uh, a, otherwise it doesn't, you know, you're not walking in the store. You got to you know, register something and get that reward scan. Apples. You get apples there. Loaf of bread. Or if you're a true Wisconsinite, a beer. Yeah. Big 16 ounce can pound it, smash it before you get to the next quick trip. We're not encouraging that, Justin. Well, I didn't say I was encouraging it, but I said that was a true Wisconsinite, right? Well, yeah. Can't argue with you there. (laughs) 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 All right. So that leads us to our next little wrinkle in the episode, Justin. And this little wrinkle, this is actually brought to you by the person who's not here tonight. This is kind of Ramsey's idea. And generally we kind of save our, our biggest talking point to the end, you know, kind of like the old school wrestling or boxing mantra, save your main event for the end. And this right. Have, you know, since we have so much to talk about, I think we should probably do that first. I think mm-hmm. this would be kind of fun to talk this first. So with that Milwaukee, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, obviously we're going to talk about here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers in the, in the NFL draft. And there, there's so many different angles to break this down from. And I, I wanted to touch on something that you had said earlier um, that was almost my nugget of the week, but I didn't really want to to bury it anymore because it's a, such an easy target right now. But, man, the Patriots had such a bad draft. Oh, my God. So many head-scratching well, it, things. I mean, well, you... It even started with the first round pick, Eric. They picked a guy that was, that was, you know, not on anybody. I mean, realistically, not on anybody's radar until the start of the third round, right? It, it felt a lot like what the Raiders had done last year when they reached for a guard. They picked a guy out of Chattanooga in the first round. Like, but it's so like Bill Belichickian, right? Like, it's. Hey, I, it does not matter what the hell you guys think. This is who we are. This is what we do. And and, and to be fair, the way that all the draft analysts um, described this guy, I believe his name is Cole Strange or yes. Cole Strange, something like that, right? They, they said this guy's going to be, he might not be great. He may not be terrible, but he's going to be in the league for 10 years, right? And And you're picking at number 26. And you and you don't have the guy maybe that you thought was going to be there for you. You get a guy that's going to last in the league for 10 years, I guess. In the end, that's a pretty damn good pick, right? 
in the long run, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, that pick gets a lot of run, you know, a lot of, of laughing at it and, and, you know, rightfully so. I mean, I think even the Rams that night and their boozed up state, they were, they were talking about how they had their eyes on him at, at one Oh four, which would have been their first pick. And he got taken at, at 26. They didn't even bother watching yeah. the film, but you know, at the same time, if, if that's your mantra on a guy and if, you know, if you want to get that, that ex- elusive fifth year option. And if that's, that's what it comes down to for you as a team, by all means, you know, go for it. It was just so, it was just like, it came, you know, every year there's that one that comes out of left field. And even, even with what the commanders did drafting, uh, Jahan Dotson at 16, that was, you felt that was way too high for that guy. It was the, the whole, the whole, I, we thought going in, and I think I said this going in that it was going to be a crazy night. It was going to be a crazy first round. There's going to be a lot of moves. I think there ended up being nine trades in the first round. Yeah, um, it was, it was insane. Just wild. Bottom. Just wild. No. You're, you're trading veteran wide receivers. You're for, for draft picks, pick swaps. It was just, it was just wild. It was entertaining. Uh, the, it felt like the draft was going fast until the end. And the teams at the end were like, they had to kind of catch their breath and, and figure out what the hell is left on the board. Where, where the hell did all these moves come from? Um, and then it really kind of like the first, uh, even the lions pick at number two, Eric, that was, you know, they didn't, uh, they kind of had their mind made up. If Hayden Hutchinson made it there, they were going to race it to the tape, to the, to the table and, and make the pick. And they really did because it was like, by the time they got on the clock, the pick was in. Yeah. And and yeah. I think, I think uh, me, you and Ramsey all looked at each other like, what the hell? Like, the, well, that was pretty easy pick, but that's not how the draft works. They usually take all of their 10 minutes and, and try to maybe work their other picks and see if they've got trades or whatever. They're on the clock. They've got things to work. No, it was in. And I thought maybe the first 10, 11 picks all the way up until Chris Olave was picked at 11 by new Orleans. It was wild. It was just, everything was all over the place. Yeah. And that's the couple things you touched on that I kind of want to, I want to just mention here. First of all, anyone who's pissed off at the, the lions for having their guy and not drawing out the theater can go fly a kite. I, I thought that was hilarious and actually made the night pretty worthwhile. You know, just keep going, you know, the old fashioned keeper moving. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was takeaway. Number one, uh, takeaway number two, you know, just kind of going back to, first of all, the madness, like you said, just, you know, the team's kind of having to figure out what the hell just happened from picks, you know, probably 16 on, after that yeah. round of receivers, it was, that was insane. Like that was, I mean, it was fun to watch, even though as Packer fans were sitting there, well, there goes that guy, there goes that guy, there goes that guy. Like, that part wasn't mm-hmm. the best, I guess, as a Packer fan, but it was entertaining TV. Um, yeah. Our, our guy didn't drop and, you know, we'll get to it. And I think the Packers side shifted quite well, but like, you know, even at 18, what well, the Titans traded uh, AJ Brown, and the pick, a pick to Philadelphia. Who got his and, phone? Right. 
It, it, like Traylon Burks, like nobody thought Traylon Burks was going 18. Nobody thought Jahan Dodson was going 16. Right. The run on receivers, um, just kind of the guys that were left. And even on day two, some of the guys that were left that, that made it all. I, I think I think in every mock draft that you, I, or Ramsey did, we had the tackle from um, Arizona State picked either second or third round. Telling uh, yeah. And they were all, you know, he didn't even get drafted. It was just all the way around. The, even the end that the Packers got, he was a second round high projection. They got him in the fifth. Uh, you know, it was just this draft was all over the place. I think, I think I, I, I heard from one pundit the greatest explanation of, about this draft is. You've re- what you've seen out of this draft is 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 uh, the the uh, effects of the sixth year COVID year. So the 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 stars aren't really there because all these kids are older, right? Even even uh, I mean they took the Packers took a guy that in their second first round pick. He's twenty four. The Packers don't do that. They don't draft. I they don't draft older guys. They they did it twice. Their their seventh round receiver, Samari Torre, he he's twenty four, and, and so you really seen the effects of that extra year um, that the NCAA granted a lot of guys. Um, the depth of the draft was pretty damn good, and I think we said that going in too. The depth of the draft was pretty damn good at almost all the positions in, in the in. In the beginning of the draft, there probably wasn't really that high-end superstar, which if if that team felt like maybe they were getting a high-end superstar, that's what led to all that craziness in the in the in the beginning part of the draft. Even once you got past um the New York teams there, you thought, holy cow, this could kind of get great. Malik Willis, right? I mean, there's a name right there. Malik Willis really thought to be a top 20 pick doesn't get picked till the third round one quarterback in the first 76 picks or 72 picks of the draft unheard of first time ever something like that just a weird weird awesome fascinating draft yeah and while we're talking about quarterbacks there's one thing i kind of want to mention here and that's that going actually goes back to the patriots and if you're the patriots you know we talk about how we can kind of question that first round pick, but you get the fifth year option, whatever they draft a guy in the fourth round that I don't get as to the point of that pick and to that pick. I mean, this is a team that made the playoffs this last year that is in a, you know, kind of in a second place spot within their own division but they've kind of got to work their, you know, kind of punch their way up in that division from where they're at. And when you keep that in mind, the fact that you just, you know, tells you either one of two things about where the Patriots think they are. They are either not in love with Mac Jones, which I don't think anybody will agree with. I think they, you know, very much think they have their guy. Yep. They find him expendable. And are just trying to say if they can catch lightning in a bottle, let him play his five years, and then give him some competition, which I don't think makes much sense either. Or they forgot this guy was a quarterback and they just picked the name off the board. I, you know, I really don't get that 
that might be the most head scratching pick of the draft, if you ask me. Um, you know, Eric, I I I agree and disagree. I think the position of the draft or the yeah, it the position of the draft of of fourth round for this guy might be a head scratcher. Like, I get it. Um, but maybe when they looked at their board, they had they had so much depth and talent uh, left on their board that they could take a flyer on this guy in the latter rounds. Um, but but if let's just talk about that for a second. If that's the case, where like what what do you think the plan with this guy is? He's either going to be a backup. And, you know, with Mac Jones having that fifth-year option being yeah. drafted last year, this other guy has a four-year contract as well. Yeah. So you're basically kind of canceling that move out. I think there's nothing to be said um, to how valuable a backup quarterback is, right? Nobody wants to talk about the backup quarterback until it's the backup quarterback's time. And if you got if you got a valuable – I mean, the Packers have done this you know, back when Ron Wolf was, was, and, and the Patriots did this with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Why, if you can keep turning talent out and, and maybe this guy gets them a second rounder after he's proven himself in a bunch of preseason games, right? Or the value, they really value a type of guy like Brian Hoyer, who has been a career backup. He, he maybe got his shot. I think he got a shot starting for the Browns for a year and turned out he wasn't a starter, but he's a goddamn valuable backup. Right. And maybe that's what they feel in this guy. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I don't necessarily hate the pick as much as uh, you do, or, or maybe some of the pundits, this is a guy that can really sling the ball. Um, he only had one year in the FBS level at Western Kentucky uh, but shattered every record, right? Shattered records at Sam Houston, or was it Houston Baptist or Sam Houston State? One of those two. Um, Bailey Zappi is, he, he was, by all accounts, he was QB6 or maybe even number five on, on the big board. So I don't, I don't know that I necessarily hate it as much as, as most do. And, and maybe they don't, maybe they know, that uh, Mac Jones's uh, health history, maybe it's not the greatest. He's not the most mobile quarterback, right? He, he could get hit, and and injuries are a lot. This worked for Washington Redskins for some time. You know, they drafted Robert Griffin the third, second overall, and then in the fourth round they drafted one guy named Kirk Cousins, and that worked for him too. So. I suppose. So. I mean, it's not unprecedented. I suppose so. But enough talking about other teams. Let's focus on Green Bay. Yeah, uh, there's only one good team. There, you're right, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, a lot of pundits not loving the first pick, uh, Quay Walker. I, I, I remember we were all pretty quiet when the name got read and had to think about it for a second, but. The more and more I thought about that pick and read about him, I I really couldn't love the pick anymore. I love it. I love it. I love. Uh, I'll just generalize the whole draft real quick. I love it. 
but I love this pick, right? There's one other position. <laughs> There's this is what I think is funny. And, and these and these are, you know, probably some of the fans that are listening to our show, Eric. Why can't the Packers draft this position in the first round? Why don't they attack this position in the first round? And a lot of it is wide receiver, wide receiver. Why can't we get Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver in the first round? Why can't we do that? Blah, 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 right? Well, they haven't drafted an inside linebacker in the first round since A.J. Hawk. And before that, I don't even know what the stat is on that, but I think it's three, three inside linebackers all time or something like that in the first round. This guy, I mean, you look at his measurables. He's six foot four, 240 pounds, and he runs as fast as a wide receiver at four five two. He's a sideline to sideline guy. He's almost the exact clone, but maybe faster than Devondre Campbell, who was an all-pro. And by the way, if you look at the team that's out west that plays in gold and red that has been in the playoffs and they keep doing it with a shitty quarterback and about that somehow they're there every year. They're, they're deep in the playoffs. What do, what do they have, Eric? They have a great front seven and they have two goddamn good middle linebackers that you can't run the ball against. Hey, you took the Packers run game away and you forced them and you made them a one trick pony. You win the game. They only held the Packers, what, 10 points? Yeah. If the Packers could do that to team, the, the, that's what they're doing. I, I don't understand why pundits don't really get what the Packers are trying to do. They're trying to become a, West, a true West Coast team. We are going to run the ball. We are going to play damn good defense, and we are going to possess the football longer than you. Those are the three keys to old school West style defense or offense, uh, uh, offense and defensively, right? So it's clear you got the Devontae Adams trade really kind of forced. This is our hand now. Like Mm -hmm. we don't have, we don't necessarily have the superstar wide receiver that we're going to run and shoot, run a gun, throw the ball over the yard to. We need to hold on to the ball. We need to have a demon dominant defense and they're doing it. I mean, no, and there's nobody else better to draft from than the Georgia Bulldogs right now. You could, you could stay at Alabama, but I don't, I don't, I, th- I remember us talking on the podcast about how goddamn good that Georgia defense was um, early, early in, in uh, the college football season. And it proved out. I mean, they, they got five in the first round. It's unbelievable. I love this pick. I think he's a little, he's a little just starting to scratch the surface, but that's kind of what the Packers pick, right? They go the opposite end of the spectrum with their second round pick. They're really banking on this. They could sit now in their, in their base package or, or their dying package, and they can have two linebackers in there. They, they don't have to have, six DBs in. They could have this guy cover the slot in the zone. They could have this guy. He, he is a fast dude. He's a big dude. He could take on a tight end and he can run faster than them. This is 
Even Tampa Bay has this with their two middle linebackers, right? This is a copycat league. This is exactly what the NFL is. It's a copycat league. And guess what the Packers just did? They, they copied the last two teams that beat them in the playoffs. That's what they did. They, they copied uh, Tampa Bay's defense. They got a great, they got a great defensive front now. And now they've got two great linebackers or what could be great linebackers. I don't think this is far-fetched. I think this is a great pick, Eric. Great, great pick. Yeah, absolutely. You, you said basically everything I was going to say, so I'm, not, I'm just going to move on to the next one here. Uh, Sorry, buddy. <laughs> you're good. Uh, the second of the first-round picks goes to fellow teammate, defensive lineman Devontae Wyatt. Eric, I'm going to let you go since I stole all your thunder on Quay, Quay Walkers. I'll let you go and, and take all the thunder on this guy. All right, Justin. Thank you. So Devontae Wyatt, another, like I said, another Georgia product. This guy is an absolute stud. Measures 300, 304 pounds, I believe 6'2 is the official measurement. I have it up Ooh. here. You he can, just let me ooh. look. Six three three oh four four yeah. seven seven forty Eric. That should not be possible. That's not human. That that's not human. <laughs> that that is there's something wrong there. But good for him, you know. Props to him. Uh, just like I said, just an absolute disruptor. Uh, really gives depth. You know, something that we talked about with the the Packers needing coming into this off season was depth up, up front. You know, Dean Lowry's coming up on a contract year, uh, really didn't have that, you know, extra guy. And, you know, even two years ago, it was, you know, getting snacks Harrison as a, you know, late season addition. Now you go mm-hmm. add Jaron Reed, a certified stud, and you draft another certified stud that you have a fifth year option on. And that being Devonte Wyatt, I can't say enough good things about this pick. The only downside is the you know some of the allegations, some of the off-field stuff. Um, Brian Gudikins addressed those in his uh, draft nights presser, talking about mm-hmm. how um, you know everything was technically nonviolent, and you know if he, they they have very little. They didn't put themselves in a hole like the Buccaneers did with uh, Antonio Brown, but they say very little tolerance for you know things that doesn't match their culture and uh, they felt confident in bringing him into the situation. So if, if they feel confident in that and if the talent's there, by all means, that's what it is. So um, any other, any other notes here you want to add on Devonte Wyatt? Just uh, what you love is the speed, Eric, but you love, you love all the rest of the intangibles. He's going to be great in a run defense, but he's fast enough to put the, put the pressure on the quarterback. You know, you're talking about a guy that you, when you look at his stats, he's probably not, not, uh, not anything that's going to jump off, um, at the board at you, but here he is. He's probably going to push Jaron Reed for that starting position coming off the top. And, And I really think, I really think what the Packers have done here and I said it before with Quay Walker, what they've really done here is um, they, they've said, all right, 
two years in a row this has happened to us. We're we understand where this is going. We're we're gonna be like you guys. We're gonna be ahead of the game, and we're gonna build a goddamn dominant defense. And uh, and they've really done it. I mean, I love I loved everything about this first round. I know a lot of people ain't so hot hot on it. Um, but not a, what a great you, you want to talk about the Devontae Adams trade. What a great trade. You know, if you have to lose them, what a great trade. You got two starters in the first round, probably two starters, two guys that could be bona fide studs in this league with with the with the uh, measurables that they have. Um, and then you also got to keep Sewell Douglas and your first team all pro uh, middle linebacker into Vondre Campbell. Like you capped your defense intact. And it really, I don't know that you've lost any, any real big pieces besides the Darius Smith. And I think we're going to talk about a guy in the later part of this. That's going to fill his spot. And, and honestly, when you talk about Darius, he didn't play much. He didn't play hardly at all season. And we're going to get probably better production out of that third guy. So I really think you're talking about a Packers defense that that's going to be somewhere between top five, top 10. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the only, the only people I really can see accurately, you know, that I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say accurately. The only criticism of the first round picks that you can really have for green Bay is that they didn't get that wide receiver that everybody wanted. Uh, allegedly try to trade back into the first round of pick 32. Yeah. Couldn't get a deal done. But honestly, like you said earlier, Justin, that's that's a name only. That's a spot that you're you're picking out of a name. You know, it's a it's a at this point it's kind of a joke, but you yeah. know, it's a punchline. You're not, you know, if your value isn't there and you're able to add two certified bona fide studs that are gonna help that defense turn into a Super Bowl. You know, I talked to a guy at work about this today. The Packers had Devonta Adams on this team last year, and they still didn't win a Super Bowl. So right. trading him away and, you know, drafting a first-round receiver who I think we can all agree that there wasn't a Devonta Adams in this draft at that wide receiver position. No doubt about it. That's not going to win you a Super Bowl. And so right. from that angle... I, I don't get any critique of the first round from any pundits out there who just have it so set in their head that Packers needed a first round receiver. Now we go to day two and, you know, I know a lot of talk night one was that they didn't pick that position and everybody thought they were going to, and the board didn't follow their way for that to happen. But night two starts off pretty early, a lot earlier than a lot of us thought was going to when the Packers trade up to 34 to get wide receiver Christian Watson. Uh, an unlikely trade partner to Eric. Yeah, for sure. That being with the Minnesota Vikings, a team that had traded with a division rival on night one being the Detroit lions. They say, yeah, let's do it again. Let's run it back and do it again. Night two with the green Bay Packers. Yeah. Let, let's, let's watch. <laughs> let's watch another division rival draft people that we're going to have to defend. Just questionable thinking there by the by the Vikings but who cares it's good for us right now this pick I think the only thing that you can nitpick about this pick is 
they might have paid a little too much. But I don't think there's a Packer fan or a pundit that that is going to look at this and say, well, you're at a point now in the draft. If you love your guy, go get your guy because you're that damn close to winning a Super Bowl, right? We're pretty damn close. We might not be as close without Devontae, but in all, we're changing our philosophy. This pick helps you think that we're changing our philosophy. There's a little bit, there's a little bit of uh, skepticism about he's, he might have some of the drops, but there's one thing that he's really goddamn good at speed, speed, and speed. All right. Uh, he averaged over 20 yards per catch, over 105 catches, Eric. Wow. Think about that. He's going to stretch the field for us. His second best thing, Eric, he's a damn good run blocker. Who do you think is going to be our number one wide receiver this year? Well, the depth chart is probably going to be Alan Lazard. And what does Alan Lazard do really goddamn good? Run block. Exactly. The Packers, they're not hiding the fact of what they're trying to do. Is This, this is the point I'm going to try and get out to our fans as much as possible. They, they told you this was going to happen two years ago. Two drafts ago, when they drafted Quadzilla, they drafted an H-back tight end uh, in Josiah DeGuara, right? They knew what this was going to be. Now, you can talk about the first round, whatever. The first round is the first round. We have a backup quarterback for another three years. There was some skepticism that we were going to maybe try and trade him this year. And maybe they listened. Maybe, but they didn't hide the fact of where they were going with this team two years ago and, wh and what they were going to try and do um, two years ago. And they have continuously done and have and will continue to do anything to move towards that. They've changed, shifted, and moved this roster towards a run-oriented West Coast team, a modern West Coast, but a West Coast team who is going to be superior defensively. And this draft pick, why is it's funny to say that this draft pick as a wide receiver tells you exactly this guy's going to stretch the field, but he's a damn good run blocker, Eric. And he's going to, he's going to run block for quadzilla. You know, I, I know there's one pick that I love maybe more than this one, but really this was probably my favorite pick of the draft. I think this was a splash pick that people wanted because that was the other, you know, really the only other thing you could say about that first round was it was value, but it wasn't sexy. It wasn't, you know, splashy. This is a splashy mm -hmm. move. It is a guy that if this is truly where they felt they wanted to go, you know, it's a, you know, like you said, excellent run blocker, fast, takes the cover off the defense. And really, I mean, it's a high value pick. I don't have any issue trading you know, two second round picks, two late second round picks. If this is who you think your guy is, and like you said, Justin, at this point, go get your guy. You know, you kind of got traded, you know, out of position on night one from all the trades that happened ahead of you. If you really were heart set on getting one of these top end guys, this is the spot to do it. And they got the deal done. And Christian Watson gets to stay in green and gold going from North Dakota State as a bison to being a Green Bay Packer. I, I can't say enough good things about this pick. I I am so I love excited. It. 
And you know, another just kind of sneaky element to Christian Watson, you know, everyone, because the Packers receiver situation or perceived receiver situation, I'm going to say, when all the news started floating about Debo Samuel's future in San Francisco, everyone and their brother wants him to trade for to Green Bay. And it just, the reality is it's not going to happen. Right. San Francisco 49ers are not going to trade a stud wide receiver to, to a, a team, top three team. To a top three, to a top three team, three team in, in the NFC. Yeah. It, it was it's never going to happen. But with this pick, another element that doesn't get talked about in his game is that ability as a runner. And I know you said the speed. Yeah. I know you said take the top off the defense. You can run jet sweeps with him. You can run him as a kick returner. He takes, you know, he's, he's had a lot of success in college as a true kick returner, punt returner. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different elements to this guy that you have to love if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. And the future <laughs> is very, very bright for one, Mr. Christian Watson. Yeah, I think I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Eric. And we're going to touch on another guy that I think we're going to talk a lot more about the, the Devo Samuels comparison here in the future. Uh, the guy they drafted the fourth round. But I think we we might have a guy uh, 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 maybe a new right tackle or a right guard that we're going to talk about right here in the yeah, in, in their third one? round pick. Well, this is uh, this is their third round third round pick number ninety two overall. Um, just a, a senior. He's age twenty three. He's a senior out of UCLA. Right tackle, uh, six foot five, three hundred twenty pounds. Eric. He ran a five two five forty. So not blazing speed, not overly athletic. But if you look at this man and you look at his quad, this guy might take over. This guy might take over AJ Dillon and his quads. This guy's legs are huge, Eric. He started 31 games at left tackle for UCLA. He was a freshman All American. He was first team All Pac 12 as a junior in 2021. This dude, uh, he, he's built like a guy that could go all over the line, but I really think they're going to try and stick this guy right tackle, um, maybe even right guard off the bat. The, they've got so much versatility, and we're going to talk about a couple other guys that they got that there's just so much versatility in. I love this pick. I, I really think that their first four picks, Eric, are starters, starters for this team. Uh, I really do. Um, somewhere, somewhere down the line. Uh, you didn't tell us his name yet, Justin. What's his name? I didn't tell you his name. His name is Sean so. Ryan. There Sean Ryan. Ryan, R-H-Y-A-N. Not the right way to spell Ryan, but we'll take it, Eric. All right? It's not. It, it is picture. He's uh, illegally smashing this guy's face mask uh, with his thumb in the dude's eye, which I love. This is how we want to play as Packers. Uh, it's the old uh, coach doll model. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And, and what's what's a better way to stick your thumb in a dude's eye, Eric? I can't disagree with you there on, on principle. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, no, I know I'm not wrong. But, you know, he's got an RAS score uh, of 9.33. I, I really think this guy... He's uh, going to come in. He's got gigantic hands, they say, Eric. Um, but I think I think he's 
They say he's going to come in a car, but I, you know, I, you know, I think he might go right tackle. He played left tackle 31 started 31 games. I believe it was like 47 games he played over his career. I don't know. What do you think, Eric? You know, we talk about how, you know, especially with draft picks, versatility, especially with that offensive line is probably the most important thing. I don't know what the vision for this guy is, especially, you know, or what their vision for Elton Jenkins is. I think it really is going to depend on a, how quick he can be back and B what their vision for him. Is he going to be the true, you know, him and Bakhtiari on that left side of the line? Is it going to be uh, keeping Jenkins at guard, maybe move this other guy to tackle who knows, but I think it gives you a lot of options and something that, you know, you lose in uh, like Lane Taylor being gone now. Uh, and Lucas Patrick being gone where he could play basically every spot of the line. You lose some of that, but you gain this back in a, a lot more affordable option. And truthfully, I think a lot better option, you know, athletically speaking too. Yeah. So that's where I'm going to, that's my ultimate perspective of it is it gives you that versatility where you don't have to be, you know, hand boned into one specific position but can be, you know, that versatility is what's going to be ultimately important with this pick. Now, the next pick, you know, we go, that's day three or day two in the books. We look at D3, Packers go day three. Go a little bit of an unexpected guy, and that being Romeo Dubs out of Nevada. You said his name wrong, Eric. No, I didn't. It's spelt that way, but it's not pronounced that way, Eric. It definitely is pronounced that way. Dobbs. I'm pretty sure it's Dubs. Dobbs. I think it's spelt Dobbs, but it's pronounced Dubs. No, it's spelt Dubs. D-O-U-B-S. Dubs would be D-U-B-S. No, the O is silent. Either way. <laughs> Either this way. Is so bad. You're right. This Eric, this guy, this guy, look at this guy. He built like a Debo Samuels. I'm telling you, this is the guy they want. This is, this is, uh, you know, screw you 49ers. We're not trading for Debo Samuels. We are, we're going to draft him. He caught 225 career passes. Uh, Romeo dubs. He's six, one, two Oh four. He's only 22 years old. He uh, Where'd you he, call you, uh well, you just sent me a Zoom meeting. No, I I sent you a I sent you a picture. Oh, from NFL.com, which has a pronunciation. Dubs. Yeah, Dubs. D U B S. Oh, you're wrong. Anyways, he ran a four four seven, Eric. This guy's built like a ship brick house at wide receiver, short, compact. Well, not too short, but but perfect size. Six one, kind of like me. I'm perfect size. Anyways, he got 225 career passes, scored 26 touchdowns. He had back to back thousand yards for the Nevada Wolfpack. Uh, he plays with great speed. He's a deep threat, but he's got big hands at ten and an eighth. Um. And he's, he's returned punts for them too, Eric. He's got 39 returns in his career. Uh, he averaged 11.9 yards per, 
per return. Now, granted, that's the Mountain West. The, the, the depth of the talent in the Mountain West this is so hot. Well, we don't we don't, don't want to go crazy. And he does have a punt return touchdown. So this might be the guy that they think is going to be their all around guy that, you know, we're we might we might uh, motion him from the slot or from the outside, put him in the backfield. We'll hand it off to him. This is the guy that I think is is going to play the Debo Samuels role. But how crazy are we to think that every team now is going to is going to try and get a Debo Samuels clone or 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 try to integrate that part into their offense, Eric? I don't think it's crazy at all. Um, I you know I tell you what I watched some film on this guy after the pick, and I think my favorite part of him his game isn't the you know that blazing speed it's not the punt returning it's not the the deep threat or the being able to be used out of the backfield he catches the ball in traffic amazingly mm-hmm. he yeah. is what i would call a true possession receiver where you can throw the ball to him at any given point in the route and he has the ability to come down with the ball whether it be double coverage triple coverage about to take a hit he can stay with the ball, take that hit, and hold on to the ball through the catch. That is exactly prototypical of what you want out of a wide receiver, especially one you know where you're on a team that has, let's just call it what it is, you know, some depth questions. I don't think it's a problem, but has depth questions. And you go get a guy like this, a true possession receiver who can do a lot of different things. And takes the top off the defense. Excellent pick here as well. No, just beautiful pick. I love that pick. Uh, again, we're we're now into our fifth pick of the draft, right, Eric? Fifth pick of the draft, and we've loved every pick of it so far. Yeah, absolutely. Which takes us to pick number six, and that being, I just lost my. I have it, Eric. Fourth it. round. 140th pick overall, offensive lineman Zach Tom from Wake Forest. There it is. He was he's 6'4, 304 pounds. He's 23 year old. He ran a 49440, Eric, at 304 pounds. 49440, right? Didn't we just talk about a guy that we drafted at 304 pounds in the first round that ran a 477, mm-hmm. right? He was, he was two inches. He was an inch shorter than this dude, right? Anyways, he, uh, they've got this guy. This guy, th- listen to this. He's played all over Wake Forest's line. He's got an RAS, RAS score, uh, 9.92 at guard, 9.59 at offensive tackle, and a 10.0 at center, Eric. This guy is unbelievable. He's got... He's a 37-game starter. He's started 23 at left tackle and 14 at center. He's elite. He's got elite mobility, Eric, at 304 pounds. This is the type. This is the type of. Uh, this is this guy screams Packer player. All a Packer offensive line player, right? And now our new offensive cornerback, Stenovich, right? He offensive line coach. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this is unbelievable pick this might be the pick you know that not many people are going to think this is a great pick but this 
this there's another there's another guy. He he played at Colorado. He he plays left tackle. He was drafted in the fourth round. Huh. Hmm. Bakhtiari, right? Screams, screams it. I don't think this guy, this guy might be your right tackle. This guy might be your backup center. This guy is unbelievable. Here's the best part, Eric. He's not only goddamn mobile, he's a three-time all-academic ACC pick. So he's smarter than smarter than shit. And and again, screams the Green Bay Packer. We don't draft dummies here. We're we're not the Vikings. No, we're not the Raiders. (laughs) We're not the Raiders. No, you you took you know everything you can really say about this guy. Just again, the versatility. Once that's my main takeaway: versatility, the athleticism, and its depth. You know, this is a guy who can day one. You know, maybe he's not starting on the offensive line, but he can start for you on on uh, field goals, field goal unit. You know, that's something that we had issues with throughout the year, and you know. If, depending on how they go as long as mason can kick the ball we'll see how that goes but this is about protecting the kicker protecting the punter excellent choice here i loved it i loved it that brings us to round five with i think maybe my second favorite pick of the draft and maybe this is just because i had it right technically i didn't have the pick or the round right but i had the guy being selected that being kinsley JJ Angabare. Angabare. And this pick, the pro comp for him is the Darius Smith. Yep. He's got incredible athleticism. He's got both that speed and power. And really, you know, like you said, he's going to be available and he's probably more explosive. Then Zadaria Smith. Yeah, six foot four, 258 pounds, Eric. So he's got he's got outside backer written all over him. That size, big backer, kind of comparable um in size, uh probably a little bigger than Zadarius. Um or maybe maybe I'm wrong on that. I'm I'm not too sure to be honest with you. But here's the thing, Eric. Imagine this. He runs a four eight seven forty at two hundred fifty eight pound two hundred sixty pound guy running four eight seven right third. He's got thirty four inch arms, the length thirty four inches. His wingspan, Eric, eighty four inches. I'm gonna tell you something. I am set. I am six two. I have a 73 inch wingspan. I'm not I'm not a small dude by any any means. This guy, I mean, this guy could probably touch the rim standing up. Just standing flat foot on the floor. His his arms are so long. Like he he's going to engulf people with them with that wingspan Eric. It's unbelievable. Cuz the first team all SEC pick in 2020. All right? He produced 14 tackles for a loss and 10 and a half sacks and four forced fumbles over his last two years. All right. 
The one knock here, Eric, and this is probably why he fell. He had a serious hip injury that required surgery before his junior season. Right? He's going to be an edge. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be the third guy. I feel uh, a little skeptic. So hopefully maybe we can find a guy that comes off a free agency that we can help uh, maybe fill it. And we're not putting so much pressure on this dude right away. But he's going to be a stud. He's going to be special. And I think we're going to hold on to him for a long time. I think we're going to be loving this pick for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, like you said, the only knock is that that surgery. But when you look at what he could be, when you compare him to the fact that he, like I said, more athletic, better times than Zadarius Smith, it's only fitting they gave him number 55. And he's going to fill that role, be that third guy, and let Rashawn Gary Preston Smith go to work, come off the bench on third downs, let her rip. So I love this pick. And I kind of told him, like I said, I had, I, I, Really thought he'd be a second-round guy. He falls to us in the fifth round. Green Bay can't pass him up. We go with it. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Next pick, Tariq Carpenter. Safety. Georgia Tech. <laughs> you kind of you kind of reminded me of Roger Goodell right there, Eric. Don't, don't do that to me. I'm sorry. I'll forgive you this time, but watch it. How about... Who is it? Troy Vincent? Troy sure. Vincent, the other guy? Sure. Okay. Anyway. Troy, Troy Fisher. Let's go. So, Tariq Carpenter is a lot of the things that we like in, you know, some of these other guys, really kind of fitting that new mold of safety. I know that we talked a lot about um, – the safety out of Notre Dame and kind of like a lighter version of that can kind of play downhill, play that linebacker type safety hybrid. And I think that's a very alluring aspect of this pick. Yeah. Five, you know, Eric, 40, six yeah. foot three, four, five, two forty has all the intangibles, a 39 inch vertical and go up and get the ball. If he has to, I'm going to be honest with you, Eric. This is kind of where the seventh round is where, I, you know, and I may not totally agree with it, but this is, this guy is a, he's going to be a set, a special teams dynamo, right? This is where they started drafting for, for special teams and, and uh, not really necessarily thinking they could find a diamond in the rough um, that could help them for years to come. Um, this guy, you know, he, you said it all. He played safety linebacker hybrid um, for, for Georgia Tech. He played 52 games, so he's durable, right? He's He broke up 22 passes. Um, I get what, what they say is Rich, Rich Passaccia loved this dude. He, he was high on Rich Passaccia's board, and, and the Packers uh, did Rich Passaccia solid and went and got him. Yeah, ab- absolutely, Justin. And, and, you know, at the seventh round of the draft, that's that's really all you can ask for at this point. You know, that's exactly what you want to get for a unit that has been depleted. And, you know, we, I remember our conversation we had with Zach Bruner 
where we talk about the fact that they don't have guys that just play special teams. And now they do. And that's, mm-hmm. that is a perfect pick for this guy. If he fits in, you know, depth wise, the guys above him get hurt. You'd hope he can step in, but if at the worst, he's at kind of like that said, that linebacker safety speed guy that you need to be on special teams. That's a great role for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, with, and that's what he's going to be. He's what he's going to be. He's going to be special teams dynamo, and hopefully they hit on it. And, and anything else is just bonus. Yeah. Uh, the next seventh round pick, defensive lineman Jonathan Ford, Miami. Really, what do you I mean, got on him, Eric? Uh, for this pick, you know, we look at the RAS only a three point five four. Comes in at. Six foot five, three thirty-three. Uh, only twenty-four, or I shouldn't say only twenty-four reps on the bench. Uh, kind of comps out to former Packer Mike Pinnell. Yeah, uh, you know, just a, a true depth guy. Isn't an elite athlete. Has the size to play though. And when you need to break up that line and, like I said, give a guy a break. Good spot for him. This guy, you know, this guy, his size, he's a, he's a run gap guy. This is really what, what this guy is. He only runs a five, four, seven 40 on the, on the, on the sheet that I'm looking at, Eric, here, here's some of the stuff that really, um, is he's a two gapping nose tackle is what he is. He's going to allow Devante Wyatt and he he might come in and he might allow them to play a base package and, and put, Kenny Clark on the outside and and and, uh, and Devonte Wyatt both uh, at ends and allow you know you you're not going to run up the middle on us, um, but he's played 50 games in his career for 30 starts in the ACC. Eric, here's where here's where it uh, it's a bit alarming. In those 50 games, he's only have he only has three sacks and eight tackles. So the production is not great. And it's not like um, you're looking up and down um, the Miami roster and saying, we've got a whole bunch of draft picks there that are chewing up all those stats. So a little bit of alarming. I thought this was probably the, the, the least pick of the whole draft that I liked. Um, uh, you know, this is this is probably somebody that I thought they were going to maybe shoot for in undrafted territory, but they thought highly enough of them. They thought highly enough of the size to to go after it. So we'll see, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Next pick. You, uh, go ahead. Did he pick a number? Ninety nine, uh, I think he got. I believe so. Yeah, that's another thing we got to talk. We, we haven't even talked about these guys' numbers. Next pick, Rasheed Walker, offensive tackle, Penn State. That was a bit of a steal here, Eric. Yeah, has a very high grade or high pro comp of Ryan Ramchek, uh, former Badger, now New Orleans Saints. Uh, uh, Walker did have that knee injury. That's maybe why he fell in the seventh round. Um really mostly on size, really no draft measurables 
But checks in at six five and a half. We are you can round up to six six three thirteen. Yeah, great size, great size. You don't have a forty yard dash on him. Um, he he had a late injury that pre- prevented any pre draft testing, which is undoubtedly why he slipped so far. This is probably a steal uh, for them. This is uh, of the seventh round picks. Um, I love this pick. It's, it's at a position, you know, the Badgers, they, they did this at two positions. They tripled down. They were going to find the guy that they feel maybe is going to be the starter at right tackle here. Um, he's a two-time All-Big Ten pick. Uh, he started 32 games in his career on the on the blind side there. Uh, so he, he's he's kind of the real deal, and they're they're – betting that uh, he's going to come back healthy. Yeah, and, it, you know, that's another again, depth, versatility. Really can't ask for more here. So with that last or last two uh, guys, you know, this probably a long shot to make the roster, but Samari Tori, receiver, Nebraska. I love this pick, here. Yeah, this dude's a stud. This dude is a stud. He's a transfer from Montana. All right, he's got a great name, right? Some Samare Torre, awesome. Runs a four four forty. But we talked about it in, in drafting older dudes with Devontae Wyatt as the first round pick. This dude's twenty four years old. Um, here's the thing: he led the Big Ten in yards per catch, Eric. Nineteen and a half yards per catch. He played in 48 games with 34 starts. Um, he's had five 100-yard game receiving games. And he's caught 25 career pass and touchdowns, Eric. This guy's got production written all over him. He's got experience written all over him. You know, I, I think this is the type of pick, Eric, when you're talking about the guys that they picked ahead of him, this is the perfect pick because this is an experienced guy that's going to come in and push everybody else for a roster spot. You know, he's got the size. He's 191 pounds, six feet. He he can push everybody because he's got the, I I love it. Uh, Is he a superb athlete? Eh. Who knows? Donald Driver was seventh round pick out of Alcorn State, Eric. That's true. That's true. All right, Justin, that brings us to our last pick of the NFL draft for the Green Bay Packers. And that was running back Tyler Goodson, Texas, or excuse me, out of Iowa. We didn't draft him, Eric. Well, then my Packers wire is lying to me. It definitely is. We, he, he, is he is a phenomenal pickup as a undrafted a uh, free agent. We draft. We uh, signed fourteen dudes uh, already as undrafted free agents. He's the most notable one. There's two more. Um, one that our fans will know for sure. Um, he's Wisconsin wideout Danny Davis at six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. Um, he, he had some production. He had some. Some problems with a, I believe he had a concussion, 
um, that lingered for a long time that cost him some games. And here's the other one, Eric. I'm gonna read. I'm just gonna read this name, and then I'm gonna read, and then I'm gonna read this size to you. And you're gonna shit your pants. All right. This dude off its tackle, Caleb Jones, Indiana. Eric, you ready? I'm ready. Six foot nine, 370 pounds. Yep, I need a new pair of pants. <laughs> Unbelievable size for an offensive tackle. Don't know how well he moves. I don't remember watching this dude. Um, but realistically, I don't know how 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 well he's, you know, he might be a practice squad guy at best. The one guy outside of Tyler Goodson, Danny Davis. Uh, actually, there's probably two guys here that as I keep reading these names, um, Chauncey Manick out of Louisiana, he's six foot three, 246 pounds. He's a linebacker. He's probably an outside linebacker, a little bit undersized, which is probably why he didn't go draft, get drafted, but they have done well um, with outside linebackers that have not been drafted, Eric. I believe it was Chauncey Rivers or something like that that they had um, a couple of years ago that he, ser he, he served a role pretty well for the Packers on the outside. And then the other one is Ellis Brooks, uh, uh, kind of like a, a Tariq Carpenter there, uh, six foot one, 226 pounds. He's, he's listed as a linebacker, but he's probably a hybrid guy. He might be uh, a guy that could make the roster now, Eric as a special teams guy, and maybe Rich Passaccia falls in love with this dude. His size and speed might match a roster spot. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's really all you can hope for. And, you know, we, we see a lot of these guys probably uh, going to be practice squad guys, USFL guys, XFL guys, you know, what have you. But someone's got to do it anyway. Might as well be them, and they're in the NFL right now, and we're not, so we're talking about them. Um, you know, all the names you mentioned, I, I, you know, the, the kid out of Iowa, obviously Danny Davis is just an intriguing get uh, just to see what he can do, and, you know, maybe if, if he can really come off the board and wow some people, maybe he, you know, he's not playing to be a Green Bay Packer, I don't think. I think he's playing to be in the NFL, and this is the spot that he got that opportunity. Hey, I'll tell you what. He's got a terrible jersey number, though. Number 20. Yeah, terrible. It's bad luck. It is bad luck, but... That's a bad... I think, that, I think we can officially say no more Kevin King. Yes! I'm so happy about that. I think that's maybe the best news of that that uh, addition. I would agree. Screw you, Kevin King. Yeah. That's all so, I gotta say about Kevin King. All in all, I, I really I gotta say, for the Packers standpoint, this has really been one of my favorite draft classes. And you know, granted, we still have to see the production. These guys have not played a single down in the NFL. You know, you don't win Super Bowls in April or May for that matter. But for uh, in terms of a draft class, I I really I like I said, I really can't find a weak spot per se. Um I, I think a lot of these guys, you know, I want to ask you, Justin, your perspective on this draft. Does this draft, this is one of the first ones in a while that really says to me, win now and win next year too. 
Ooh, that's a good question, Eric. Um, yeah, I think we talked about a pre-draft where where the Packers have always really drafted for a year ahead of time, right? They they look at their contracts, they look at the availability and the realistic ability of of re-signing some guys and and where they're going to go in their future. And I would I would agree with you. I think this probably hits both both notches, right? I think for me coming out of it, the most disappointing part was um they didn't get a tight end either in, in undrafted free agency or in the draft. And I thought there was a real opportunity to kind of make a difference at that position. Um I think you heard it later on in Goody's explanations uh, about that um about that position is they really love love the kid ryan davis and and they think he could they hit something there and and, and they did it with tunyon so maybe they did do it with ryan davis but uh, i just thought there was that was a position that they were going to look at maybe attack it's it was probably a deeper position I, you know, they kind of got, I, I, I'm wondering, I'm curious. I don't know if the question was asked, but they kind of got sideswiped by the Ravens. I don't know if it was in the fourth or fifth round or, or what round it was exactly, but um, I think the Ravens took like two tight ends, uh, two of the top five tight ends in, in the draft in that fourth or fifth round right ahead of the Packers. Uh, the kid out of Iowa State, Charlie Kohler, I think a lot of people were very high on him. And then they took uh, Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina, who's more of an athletic hybrid kind of guy. Probably split him out wide. So I, I have to think if one of those two guys slide to, to the Packers at that position, they were going to jump up and, and, and take him. And so that's kind of my disappointment of it. Uh, running back. Running back is, is is where it's at. Uh, Got to see where Kylan Hill comes back from injury. Maybe we could have attacked that position a little more. But Tyler Goodson's a hell of a pickup in the uh, in the undrafted free agent ranks. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, you you really hit everything out of the park here. Uh, so I guess I want to ask just one other question here to you, Justin. Is I mean, you really, if you had to pick a favorite pick of this draft, where would, where would you go? Oh, I love, I love, I love Devontae Wyatt. Uh, I love everything about that pick. Uh, I think the second, my second favorite pick is the Romeo Dubs pick. Uh, I really do. I, I really think he's going to be your Debo Samuel guy down the stretch, but I think they've got, I think they've gotten capability in every single pick. I think they've affected the roster almost in every single pick. Like I said, I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not as high on, on some as, as that second, seventh round pick. Um, you draft size and maybe, maybe potential in that pick, but every other pick is a pick that's going to affect your roster today, but it's also going to affect your roster two years from now, three years from now. 
and going to make you make a decision on whether you're going to re-sign him. I think that's, I think they hit the draft out of the park, to be honest with you. Uh, we're only, you know, me, I'm only coming away questioning one of the picks and then maybe not attacking uh, a position that, you know, quite frankly, is probably deeper than I think or realize. I just don't feel comfortable going into the season with Robert Tunya coming off an ACL, not really knowing where he's at, and then Mercedes Lewis. But I would have to say it's Devontae Wyatt. I think Quay Walker's going to be a star, but Devontae Wyatt is, I mean, you put him next. I, I think if you, Kenny, Kenny Clark has made a lot of, lot of no-namers look good. I mean, Dean Lowry's got, what, a $6 million contract off of Kenny Clark's pay of, of playing next to him. And now you stick the type of talent that, that Devontae Wyatt is. And you're going to stick him next to Kenny Clark. I think you've got two bona fide superstars there, Eric. Maybe an all pro in either one of them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, with that, and just a couple other parting notes here, Justin, you said. Wait, 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 wait. What, yeah, was, your favorite, what was your favorite pick, Eric? I'm going to go Christian, Christian Watson. Just hit it out of the park for me. Um, I really, really do think that is the best pick of this draft for the Packers. A guy who has that potential to be a true number one. Maybe not this year. Maybe, you know, maybe it is towards the end of this year. Uh, if he can kind of maybe get rid of the drops, drop the drops. But everything else about him really screams a guy that should have, could have gone first round. If he goes to any other school except maybe North Dakota State, uh, we yeah. have you know, a lot of a very good track record with North Dakota state receivers on this team. And I really think, you know, the sky's the limit for the guy. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just don't think he affects the Packers as much as people are going to think in year one. I think that's fine. I, I, I don't think. That he has not, to. not like the, not like the other two picks, not like the first the two first round picks here. No, absolutely. But like I said, I don't I don't think he has to be the next Devonte Adams yeah. year one. I, I think he know, should be the. Go ahead. I don't know that the Packers are even done assessing that position yet. I'm not sure if they are either. But if they are, I, I very much like where this receiver room is right now. It's not terrible, is it? No, it's definitely not as dire as people want it to be. And quite frankly, I think they're in a very good spot. Um, you know, talking about, you know, the loss of Devontae Adams, obviously it sucks that you lose that guy from your team, but the yards are going to go somewhere and they're going to go to a guy like a Christian Watson. Maybe they go to Romeo Doves and they get spread out to Alan Lazard a little bit more. And, you know, maybe you get Aaron Jones in the passing game a little bit more. The really the mm-hmm. the sky's the limit for that offense right now, and as long as you know that you get this team that is so deep, you know the, all the focus goes to Aaron Rodgers, but the defense, like you said, could be a top five defense. By you know, it's not a stretch to call it a potential top five defense. It's not. You're absolutely and, right. 
And when you have a team, you know, that you have a back-to-back, a four-time MVP at the quarterback, you have a guy who could have been NFL Offensive Player of the Year two years ago in Aaron Jones, who has led the league in touchdowns. I don't think it's a stretch to say, you know, any wide receivers you have can be thrown open and succeed in this offense. And I think a guy, you know, guy, when you add young talent like a Christian Dove or a Romeo Dubs and a Christian Watson, and you have an established guy like a Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, and you get, you know, maybe if you get four or 500 yards out of Sammy Watkins, if he plays a handful of games. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't need any of these one you know guys to be a true fifteen hundred yard receiver because you can have five, six guys that get seven hundred yards. Yep. And that's perfectly fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, I, I think you're really gonna see a lot of different things. It's gonna be crazy. Um what Matt LaFleur draws up. Aaron Jones out in the slot, Quadzilla in the backfield. Um, a lot of 12 personnel, two tight ends. Uh, you know, I, re- I really, you know, I, I, I'm again, I'm just so skeptical about that uh, tight end position. Uh, I don't, I don't know that we've got, there's much life. I really would have, what I really would have liked them to do, Eric. And here, here's my only complaint, and I've said it twice. I'll probably beat a dead horse here, but what I really would have liked them to do is, is put um, Mercedes Lewis on the pup list and, and set him down for the first six, seven weeks, kind of rest him, make sure he's ready to go for the, for the late push of the season, draft a guy that, you know, nobody's, you know, there was a guy that was almost the same size, same build as Mercedes Lewis coming out of, um, Nebraska, Austin Allen, he's 6'8", 265 pounds, just kind of the same thing, right? He run blocker. He actually torched the, the Badgers because they didn't have anybody that could could uh, match up with the dude in, in his size. Um, I just, I, I wish they would have addressed that position, saved Mercedes Lewis for the later part. That tight end position has really kind of cost them. Um, in the latter part of the last two seasons. How would you feel about a free agent, maybe like a, a Kyle, uh, oh, God, what the hell is his name? Kyle Rudolph. I don't I don't know that you gain what, what you're looking for there. Like, I'm not, like, not going to go and get a veteran that's, probably we already have that right we already have a veteran who's lost not just one step but three steps he's a hell of a damn good run blocker right yeah but it's one of those things you know he's in you're you're running the ball right um i don't know that i like the kyle rudolph guy i'm sure there's probably people out there that um as we go down the list that I would like that would test for a challenge or for a spot, but I just wish I, I, you know, I, I'm me, I'm a draft guy. I want to, I want to load up 
the that tight end room with as much young talent as I possibly can. And maybe I'm just flat out underestimating um, Ryan Davis, and Dominique Daphne. Uh, th- there is some talent there. Yeah, for sure. So with that, you know, just to kind of talk, you know, wrap up the draft here. You said 10 Badgers go in the draft. 10 of ten, them, man. 10 fine, not in the draft per se, but fine NFL homes. Yes, sir. Highest guy goes, that's Leo Chanel. He was a third-round guy. He ended up being a third-round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the rich get richer. Uh, just an unbelievable pick in the third round. Some of, Most pundits had this dude anywhere between the, the early 30s to to the late 50s, and he goes... And he goes third round, early in third round. I just thought, geez, what a what a great pick. Who went off valuable, the board after that, Justin? Uh, Tyler or Logan Bruss uh, was a fourth round pick for um, the Los Angeles Badgers offensive line. Um, I only say that now because uh, he is the third current former Badgers offensive lineman that will be on their roster. Um, just continuing pushing out those um, offensive linemen. Uh, who was there? Was I think it was back-to-back pick right after Dick that. Ferguson. Yeah, there you go. That's the name of this mistake. Barry Alvarez's grandson got picked um, to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Matt Henningsen, defensive tackle, got drafted in the seventh round to six, sixth round. I can't, uh, one of the two, um, to the Denver Broncos, which is funny. It's actually his uh, childhood team. Might have a good shot of making that squad. And then, uh, the, the real big time draft blunder by ESPN. Um, Badgers cornerback Fayon Hicks uh, got drafted. Uh, uh, I believe that was by the Broncos also. Um, so, yeah, ESPN had it at Phelan. Uh, ah. Yeah, his actual name is Fayon. And so, uh, but five Badgers get drafted. Uh, Kendrick Pryor, wide receiver. Signed uh, with the Bengals, Josh Seltzner, um, and Jack Cohn signed with the Colts. Uh, Jack Sanborn to the Bears. Yeah, to the Bears, and then I think I'm missing. Caesar Williams one. to the Rams. That's the guy I'm missing right there. And then, of course, our very own Danny Davis to the Green Bay Packer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, just a, a great turnout for. For what that you say, Scott Nelson? Is. Oh no, I did not. He, Scott he Nelson went to the Seahawks, Seahawks right? Yeah, he is. That that he was uh he was a I think he was a Packers uh early draft invitee. He met with the Packers. He uh, did. I thought, I thought that he was going to um possibly sign as an undrafted free agent. That's a guy that I would have liked to see them draft in the seventh round and Kind of, you know, the guy ran a four three six forty. Absolutely, for him, for him not to be signed was, or 
to not be drafted was a bit of a shocker. Small injury prone guy though. So yeah, absolutely. So with that, just a couple other kind of final notes here on the episode, Justin, uh, you know, with us talking so much about the draft, obviously, you know, this is the time, you know, usually we would have talked about uh, the other stuff going on in the state of Wisconsin first, but this is kind of where we are going to put it for this episode. Uh, first, we go with what's brewing and the Milwaukee Brewers are one of the hottest teams in baseball. Uh, should they hold on tonight, which they are nine, three with a nine, three lead in the bottom of the seventh, they would have won 13 of their last 16 games. It's pretty damn good. Uh, I mean, it's, it's May 4th. May the 4th be with you, Justin. That's but, also my dad's birthday. So shout out and happy birthday to my dad. Happy birthday to father doll. <laughs> and with that, like I said, just, you know, the pitching is kind of coming around commanding lead of this NL central, which again, it's May 4th. It doesn't really matter for standings, but this is kind of where you build that, you know, that lead, build that team up and offense kind of coming around nine runs already tonight, Justin. And, you know, we've seen over the weekend, we saw two, you know, they have two games where Saturday night gets the Cubs. They score nine Friday night. They score 11. The runs are coming in bunches and, and they keep winning games. Mm-hmm. Yep. How many more games to go, Eric? A lot. Yep. But that is kind of our update on <laughs> what's brewing in Milwaukee. No, uh, the, it, it is good. Their pitching's coming around. Their hitting's coming around. Um, they're starting to look like the team that they were predicted to be um, beginning of the year. Would you say 13 out of 16? Does that put them in first place? Are they in first place? They are, they are in first place. I'm going to check the standings here for you okay. as of May 4th. May 4th. Well, should they win tonight? Really, they Woodruff would be pitched seven. a gem. He did last night, didn't he? Yes, he did. twelve strikeouts or something like that. Unbelievable. Should the Brewers win today, they'd be seventeen and eight. Yeah, rough start. And that would put them, or as of right now, they currently have won two thirds of their games. So they've won sixteen out of twenty-four games. Should they continue this? this path, Justin, should they continue this path? They would win about 108, 109 games. That ain't going to happen. Probably not. How many games are they up right now? That's all I care. They're up two. Okay, good. That's breathing room. It's breathing room, Eric. They are indeed up two. I believe the the Cardinals, if they haven't won already, they will win today. Uh, they are up 10 nothing in their game against the Royals. Christian Yelich is a two-RBI single right up the middle uh, with the bases loaded. A lot of production with the base, with men on base tonight. It's Can nice to hear right his bats that. waking up. Absolutely. Yeah, Yelich up the middle, two runs score. Now 11-3 to here in tonight's contest. So another double-digit game for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, two quick notes on the team here before we move on. Uh, last week, Willie Adamas, who is take, has found his power, was the NL player of the week, and Josh Hader was the pitcher of the week. Well, yeah, when you get calls like Josh Hader gets when Angel Hernandez is umping, shit, you'll be <laughs> the pitcher of the week every week. 
Absolutely. <laughs> so that is yeah. our What's Brewing segment. And I guess last we kind of focused on the Milwaukee Bucks and talk about what the buck is going on. Uh, they are now tied one-to-one in the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Celtics. And, you know, for as you know, all the superlatives you heard from game one, when everything that could go wrong did go wrong game two. Yeah, just a real dud last night, Eric. Um, just, just coming off a high. You know, you coming out of it, you just look at the positives. They took back home court in their best of seven series. Um, as the three seed against the two seed, uh, lot, there's going to be a lot of games played. Uh, the real story is, is, is Drew Holiday going to hold up throughout the series playing defense against Jason Tatum? And is there a chance uh, that we could get Chris Middleton back maybe for the end? Yeah, it, absolutely. And you would certainly, if this is going seven, you are going to want all the weapons you can get. And that is a guy that you absolutely would. I don't want to say need to have. I don't Yeah, no. I don't necessarily know if they can win this series without him. I don't think it's impossible, but it sure as hell would be nice to have that as a weapon. Even if it comes off the bench, the series. Yeah. Um, I almost think it has seven. To. You almost think he has to, Eric, come off the bench. You can't just be inserted right off the bat. Uh, kind of screw up some team chemistry there. They've played so well so far without him. I mean, and you got to think positively. Come out of Boston, start the series at one and one. Um, you're going home with a chance to to really make this your series. So hopefully, hopefully they uh, kind of put that last game behind them and and move on in the right direction. And Giannis can maybe shoot a little better percentage. He has not shot the ball well in this series, Eric. And he's uh, 11 of 27 last night. He was what? 11 of 27 in game two. Yeah, and I think he was like nine for 19 or nine for 20 or something like that. Uh, seven just, of 20 from Drew Holiday. He played 40 minutes. They just got super uh, you know, I, the only other thing I'm really going to say uh, about game two, defensively, you're not probably going to give up 23 pointers most nights. Um, you know, Jalen Brown isn't going to go for 30 every single game. So I think, you know, this can kind of be an, 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 a little bit of an anomaly and be comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at the Bucks. would have liked some more bench production. You know, Grace Allen only has five points. Uh, Pat Conton leads the way with 13, but only four points out of West Matthews in that starting two guard role, which you're kind of going to have, you know, with him at this point in his career. Yeah, what the what the hell is Lopez doing? You know, you're not hearing much out of him. Yeah, I, you know, and you, that's another kind of just a, kind of a, a, the part that kind of sucks about losing Middleton right now is the fact that you're starting Lopez and Portis in the same lineup. I don't quite get that. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad, it's a good matchup defensively. It's a terrible matchup offensively for, for a, a speedier team like, like uh, Boston. And 
but defensively they do they do well. It's just we'll see. We'll see. You just got to be patient and, and ride it out. This is, this is one that I feel is going to go seven games. And, and when you got the best player in the world on your side, it's, it's kind of like Aaron Rodgers told you a long time ago. Relax. Let's just, let's well, just and, get to the point. And, you know, you, you got to think that you're not going to shoot as bad as they have the last two games, too, through the series. No. Uh, to this point, I mean – Giannis, 9 of 25, game one. Drew Holiday, 6, 8 of 20, game one. Uh, game two, same two guys. Giannis, as I mentioned just a moment ago, 11 of 27. Drew Holiday, 7 of 20. You're, you're not going to see that on a night-in, night-out basis, so you got to kind of just power through it, and I think you're going to. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Let's hope. Be patient. Hope. Justin, any other parting thoughts? Any other notes in the Badger report here? Spring football kind of wraps up. Hey, man, I thought I watched the the USFL over the weekend. I thought that was awesome. There was a, a damn good day, a damn good game. I'm trying to think of who it was between, but Buzz Beer went all the way down to the end and late field goal won the game. You know, coaches are calling timeouts and strategizing and it was good. They had a crowd there Saturday night. Um, I don't know that I, I haven't seen any of the numbers. I know we talked previously about how I was going to do maybe against some draft fatigue. Other than that, Eric, I'm rooting for a great fight weekend, two title fights on the card. Just so just some, Awesome fights on the main card. I had this up. There's some recognizable names here that you that you would love to watch here. Here it is. All right. You have you have Justin Gaethje versus uh Charles Oliveira in a in a championship fight uh for the lightweight. You have Rose Nama Yunus versus Carla Esparza. For the women's strawweight title, you have Michael Chandler, who is number th- three or four in the lightweight division against Tony Ferguson, who is a, a, a hell of a matchup at lightweight uh, top 10 fight. You have legend Mauricio Shogun Hua versus Ovin St. Peru in a light heavyweight matchup. That is two big time fight that fighters right there that are, you know, almost at the end of their careers that that's a great fight, Eric. And then probably one of the most recognizable UFC fighters, Donald car cowboy Cerrone. He's fighting Joe Lozon in, in a legends match fight that that's the first fight on the card, Eric. Um, so if you're not doing anything, get them fights. Go see them fights. Do something to see these fights on Saturday night because unbelievable list of fights here. Well, I got to tell you, Justin, I do have some plans this weekend. Uh, first, as I mentioned, I will be watching or I will be turkey hunting uh, with my cousin Josh this Saturday and hopefully, hopefully only Saturday. Uh, get that taken care of here and knock a bird down. 
Um, from that Saturday, RPW Re- Rage and Pro Wrestling back at it. Ramsey, Sean, and I are going to Rage and Pro Wrestling this weekend. It is Rage Rage and Pro Wrestling Envision at the Watering Hole Saturday, May seventh, uh, in Green Bay. Tickets are still available, so be sure to check that out. I know we had tried to get uh, Rick Buchholz on again, the owner. Uh, promoter of RPW. Unfortunately, the schedules didn't line up here this this time around, but uh, very excited to be back at the watering hole for some some indie pro wrestling. And then I'm calling I'm calling for something, Eric. What's that? I'm call I'm calling you guys to 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 do a a uh, middle of the show 30 second video between you and Ramsey. Do crowd size, do do a, a, a snap of the ring, maybe get a picture of you guys in front of the ring or as close to the ring as you can get, and maybe just do a, a little short video of, of a match, and then do do some uh, do some investigating and, and, and tell us how it's going. Are you having a great time? Are the fighters entertaining you? Um, is the beer good? What's the best deal at the watering hole? What what kind of table you got? Tickets? Give us the whole shebang. Not too much. Maybe a minute, a minute and a half. Do something for our fans so you can really promote this for these guys. Yeah, absolutely. We will be there front row on Saturday night. So if you're out there, say hi. Uh, Rams and I will take pictures. We don't have anything to sign, but we will take pictures. Yeah. Um, and we will check in with the fans. On yeah, Saturday. I love that. I love that. I love that. Get the owner. Get the owner over there and do the do the short video. Maybe get maybe interview. Him. Ask him, how's the night going? How you feel? How action packed? What can we do to help you? Yeah, absolutely. And then I love it. I love it, Eric. One more quick thing here, Justin, for the weekend. It's Mother's Day this weekend, so oh hell time. yeah. Spending some oh, time yeah. with the moms this weekend, you know, ch- hanging out with Mama Fish. Find that flower shop, boys. Hanging out with Mama Fish this weekend. Really excited to uh, be up north, celebrate somebody who's been instrumental in in my life. And, and you know, shout out to Mama Fish and all the moms out there. No doubt about it. Can't go, can't say another word without saying that. Uh, my beautiful wife who's given me uh, three beautiful blessings. Uh, my my uh, my sisters who are wonderful mothers. Um, my grandma who just turned ninety, and my beautiful stepmother who uh, has, you know, just graced me with a great life uh, as I was growing up. And and my and my actual mother up in heaven. I, I love you guys. I, I hope hope everything uh, is wonderful on your special day. All right. Can't think of a better way to wrap the show up than with that. So for Justin, I'm Eric. Episode 72 is in the books. We are out. We'll talk to you guys or pay attention to our Facebook social media here over the weekend. We'll have something from RPW. Thanks again for listening. We're out. See you. Salute.